Welcome to the Hoosy Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we're going to return to Big Finish and look at a Tom Baker story, The Antimatter. But first, let's do a little bit of news, and it is a little bit of news. It's gone very, very quiet, hasn't it? It has. It has, yes. And now, before we, we carry any further, I'd say Paul might sort of break out into some sort of coughing fit at any, yeah. at any moment, so just be warned. <laughs> I'll try to hold it in. He cannot get rid of this sickness. This has got to be the sickest podcast, and I don't mean that. <laughs> and I don't mean that in an urban street way either. because <laughs> <laughs> everything else we do is in an urban street. <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, no one's ever said, "Yeah, your podcast is sick, man." <laughs> <laughs> we are just yeah, urban. just sick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Um... Now, obviously, I think one of the things that sort of um, happened, ju- I think, just after we recorded, sort of, um, I, I don't know, I think we just we might have just forgotten to uh, to have mentioned it more, probably more to the point, uh, is that obviously Series Nine has started filming in Cardiff. Yes, and uh, during the course of the week, or since we last recorded, there's been a few more little tidbits coming out. Because we said last week that Paul K um, was going to be in the next series as the character of Prentice, but now also uh, shows that Toby Whithouse has written um, two episodes as well, which apparently is currently being filmed. Yeah. Um, Following on from us saying last week, we didn't mind him bringing back something. Yeah, indeed, indeed. He's um, back. Yes, and it looks like it's a two-parter as well, so it, it seems to yeah. allude to here. It should be, actually, having not had really, well, apart from, I suppose, the last sort of episodes of... The last series, not having really had that, it'll be it's a change again, really. Yeah, it will be really. Um, but sort of to have a little bit of mixed reception of the two parters, and I know the ones we've sort of covered so far, uh, sort of on our, on our retrospectives and, and, and normal series reviews, they haven't been particularly great, have they? They always seem to be a little bit disjointed. Yeah, there tends to be one really good one and one part of it. Okay, yeah. there's been there's been enough. There's been enough. There, there, there's there's at least Two or three that I can think of are two parters that were well worth the doing. Yes, I think I think the empty show and the Doctor dances for one. Yeah, was a good one. I think um, the Impossible Planet two parter was another. Yeah, they did seem to follow, didn't they? That was the thing. Yeah. There was a proper resolution and the to the human behaviour one as well. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So, so there are there are some out there, but for every one of those, you get. Um, you know, like a, a <laughs> you you get sort of like the almost people and rebel flesh, don't you? Yeah. So uh, yeah, so the, the, it can be a bit of a you know a bit of a, a dodgy business. Yeah, it can very very much of a lottery indeed. That's a, <laughs> a bit bit better than I put it. A dodgy business. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, crikey! <laughs> yes, yes, we are not inferring that the lottery though is a dodgy business. No, can indeed. We, can we just say if anyone from Camelot or whatever is listening, <laughs> I might I might as well apply to win a lot for all the bloody success <laughs> I've had. But... <laughs> right, okay. Now, as a, a bit more uh, sort of Series Nine news. Now, I must admit this has come via the Daily Mirror. Um, but you also said um, this is also confirmed on Twitter as well, so there probably is a little bit more um, truth from, from the person himself. Um, Ali Assad, 
um, has tweeted that um, they're due to f- going to film in Spain for the next series as well. East looking for locations. Yes, indeed. Uh, now, obviously, this has returned to overseas since uh, Kill the Moon, where they filmed in Lanzarote last year. Um, interesting. Wonder what sort of location they're looking for. Another alien planet-style location? It is going to be Return to Mercy. Well, it could be. It could be. Or it could be The, the Two Doctors Part 2, couldn't it? <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so I'm glad they're sort of looking beyond Cardiff for locations now, actually. Yeah. Because I think they I were mean, beginning to run out of ways to make it look different in Cardiff, weren't they? So. Yeah. I mean, well, to, to be honest, what they seem to be doing is they seem to be doing either a lot more set work mm. inside, obviously, the new... Uh, filming place they've got, yeah. or they are seeming to go a bit further afield. Yes, yes, which I'm glad about because I, I mean I like the fact they are doing a little bit more studio work because it means you don't get so many spoilers out there. Yeah, which to me is a is a, is a bloody good thing to be honest because I, ha- I do get sort of fed up with those. Okay, I don't have to look at them; they just sort of appear on your timelines, so and sometimes they're a bit difficult to avoid on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. But you know, people taking. Set photos and, or you know, I think like you had with um, Time Heist last yeah. year, you had the um, the Teller creature out in out in the open, sort of walking across a field or whatever, which they sort of did something to later in the in the actual episode. But again, it's things like that. It sort of it does sort of kind of spoil it a little bit for people. And some, as I said, sometimes you just can't avoid it, can you? No. Just, just there in your face. So, but this is good. This is good. I'm glad they're sort of looking further afield now. Which is, um, now they have done it before, haven't they? But it wasn't the first time with um, all Vampires of Venice when they filmed in Croatia, wasn't it? Yeah. So was it, they did. They did that, and uh, Vincent and the Doctor there, didn't they? As the yes. two things they filmed That's while right. I was there. Yeah. So it's uh, no. It's, I think it's good. I think it's good. So I think, but less, less spoiler. Um, photos and everything, the better, really. So, yeah. There's nothing better than going into a suit completely cold and and just getting surprised, really. Well, that was one of the things about the Christmas episode, was it? You really didn't know. No, we didn't. Be no. Happening in that episode. No, absolutely nothing. Um, and to me, that was good, really. Yeah. Okay, it was, it was a bit of a <laughs> a bit of a strange episode that the last Christmas one, but um, but at least nothing was spoiled going into it. Apart from what you, you saw, you were in wondering, yeah, wondering yeah. what was going to happen as far yes. as canyons or Indeed. whatever. Indeed. So, but if, if we get any more series nine um, news, and from we don't think it's too spoilery, um, we'll um, we'll report it on the podcast, of course. Yes. So. Now, um, Torchwood news. Ah, ah, at last Torchwood news. Now, um, John Barrowman's been doing a, a promotion for Arrow. Um, which have you seen any of that, Paul Arrow? I haven't actually. I've caught the odd episode. It's not bad. It's not bad. Um, I, I, I think it's one of those things I'm, I'm probably need to go back and rewatch from the beginning. Yeah, I, I that, that, that's my problem now. I've, I've just left it too late. I think. Yeah, I've, I've left it too start, late. Start watching it on the telly. It's probably going to end up being one of those things where I'll either have to go and buy it on DVD, or it turns up on the cable at some point as a an option to watch all of it. Yeah, that's it. Um, I mean, I think I'm, I'm just too far behind on Game of Thrones now. To be honest, everyone says I should watch it, but I think I'm just too far behind. Yeah, I'm just, as we... I, yeah, I just have, I just don't have the time to watch it. That's that is the bottom line, really. I just don't get I don't have the time anymore. But uh, but anyway, um, John Barrowman says that there will be 
and he's announced there's going to be a, a new series of Torchwood audio plays. Yeah, which we actually quite like some of the the ones they did. Yes, I didn't mind them actually. I thought they were, they were sort of quite good. Um, however, I must sort of um, stress that um, there is no time frame for production or broadcast has been announced by John Barrowman. There's there's nothing on that. He just said this: they are going to make some um, some more audio plays. Um, but he did say that Russell T. Davis and Julie Gardner, who were the producer of Torchwood, will be involved. Yeah, which is interesting. Hmm, very interesting. Yeah, I'd like to know what um, whether there is any substance to this, or, or is it it's just another John Barrowman trying to drum up a bit of interest? Well, well particularly as this links probably into the last piece of news, doesn't it? It does really, yes. It does, uh, which we'll come on to in a minute. But actually, one thing uh, that actually did break, I think, after we recorded last week, that um, John Barrowman is going to, I think, you know, he's just been announced that it will be at Galley One next month. Yes, so well. you're going to be... Yes. I was... It, was, it was the lure of meeting you that's taken him there. Oh, it? it was. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, because I, I will be um, at Galley One um, in the February. Uh, so, but we'll, we'll sort of discuss that a bit more as we get nearer the time. I think actually, yes. it's a bit, it's a bit it's still a, you know, a few weeks away yet. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. That's all I can say. But uh, no, um, John Barrowman's always a, he's a bit of a live wire, isn't he? So he should he should make for an entertaining panel when he's on it. So yeah, I think yeah. Yeah, I think that that's going to be an inter- an interesting setting for him. Isn't I it? think it will be. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, yeah, very much looking forward to it. But I'm also looking forward to um, some more Torchwood audio plays, really, because I, sort of, I did enjoy the last ones. They were done, they were done more as um, podcasts, weren't they? They were free to download from the BBC, weren't they? Yeah. So whether they'll go down that same vein again, I, I don't know. But um, but watch this space, I'm going to say, because as I say, it might not even be this year. It could be next year by the time they're, they're broadcast, or even made, for that matter. Because yeah. he's, he's been cast a full time in Arrow now when he was just like a he, he appeared in like a couple of episodes I think previously but now he's like a full he's a full time villain in the programme and it just depends on where how much time it takes I'm not sure that audio obviously takes as long as um, doing a TV programme so it mm. depends if he's actually going to be as there's suggestions that he may be wanting to co-write them with his sister again or some. Well, one yes, he well he has written um, one Torchwood novel with her, isn't he? Exodus Code. Yeah. So it says here. So, um, but he says there's three or four audio plays planned. Uh, he does also say that one of them will feature the whole Torchwood team. Now, mm. what that means, I have no idea. Because soon enough, well, as I say, the whole Torchwood team. The last time we saw them on TV was was two, wasn't it? It was. Um, unless you're going to count Rex Matheson, or his name is. <laughs> yes, that, that's what you're looking forward to, isn't oh, it? Oh God, that that was an awful character. Um, yeah, please drop that toss pot. <laughs> <laughs> that's just an awful, awful character, and not acted very well either. I'm sorry, it was just it was just appalling, absolutely appalling. Um, anyway, less said about Miracle Day, the better. I've been through it once. I don't plan to go through it again. <laughs> That's not a day you want to relive, is it? <laughs> not really. No, ten hours of my life I'll never get back. <laughs> oh dear, right now the last piece you, 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 You'll oh, be discussing that with John Barrowman, won't you, when you meet him? I, I loved it. John. You owe me ten it. hours of my life. No, no, no of course I won't say that. I loved it, John. It was brilliant, John. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> um 
Now, the last piece of news. Um, this probably comes as no surprise to anybody, but um, there was a little piece this week um, about Russell T. Davis. Um, now, he's got a new show coming out on uh, Channel 4. I actually think it's like um, three... I don't know if they're, they're related. It's about gay life, really, isn't it? Um, I think they begin on the 22nd of January. But obviously, the question of Doctor Who came up um, in this um, interview. Um, and he's basically said he will not return to Doctor Who. Yes. He says you just you have to move on. Um, which, 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 as I say, sort of makes you wonder about the previous story we've just run that says he may have some involvement in Torchwood audio plays. Yes, indeed. Uh, but he says... Because it, seem, it seems odd that he'd be bothering with that rather than... Well, it does seem... Um, it's actually quite telling that Stephen Moffat does ask him every year to come back and write an episode. Yeah. Uh, which, do you know what? I'd like to see him do it. I know he, he's now said, no, he won't. He's got other things he wants to uh, wants to do and, um, and say, but... Um, I hope he changes his mind at some point. I, I still really. think this is never say never situation, isn't it? It's really? got to be, isn't I it? I suspect some point, if hopefully Doctor Who goes on for another fifty years, at some point in that period. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I would like to see him come back, though. I really would. Um, he'd be coaxed I, out to. Yeah, I think he would do. I think he would do actually, because um, there, there was some other things going on about. Um, I think it was also perhaps for the sixtieth anniversary, perhaps. Even. Perhaps he would do. Because there was um, something going around the news that they're um, about the tenth anniversary of the new series of Doctor Who, yeah. And I think Russell T Davis was asked. It was not in this particular interview. I read it somewhere else. Um, he was also asked again, would he come? You know, would he be involved in that? And he said, "Well, what's the point of having that? You just had the fiftieth. It's one yeah. show. Why would you have a tenth anniversary?" Yeah, it does sort of yeah take it away from the, the whole fiftieth thing. Yeah, doesn't exactly. It? Yeah. Suddenly, be celebrating the tenth. Yes, yeah. indeed. So, uh, yeah, but it's, it's a shame. It is a shame. He, he's, he sort of said he's not coming back at the moment. But as you say, never say never. Yeah, never I, say I, never. I, I, I think he'd find he'd find it hard. There'd be some point in his life where I think if he was asked at the right time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so he'd say yes. But anyway, he's. Um, we're giving him a plug. He never gives us a plug, does he? But um, <laughs> but his new trailer programs: Cucumber, Banana, and Tofu. Uh, as, as it starts on Channel 4, E4, and 4 on Demand on the 22nd of January, for those who yes. want to watch it. Okay. Right. Um, that's it for the news, isn't it? That is. There is nothing else. That is else. all we have. That's all we have. No stats. Sorry to disappoint everybody. There were no stats, um, which I'm kind of glad about, because I couldn't make it sound any more exciting <laughs> than it already is. <laughs> any more exciting than it is, you <laughs> Oh dear! So um, coming up next then is our review of the antimatter. So for another week then, that was the news. Okay, everybody, it's time for us to dip our toes into the waters of Big Finish once again, and this time we've selected a Tom Baker story, and it's also our first Mary Tam story as well. Actually, in all the time we've been doing the podcast. Yes. Actually, isn't it? Yes. So uh, this time, Fairly. actually, well, yeah, nearly, nearly four years, and uh, yes. yeah, never done a Mary Tam story. So, um, so here we go. We're going we're to put that right right now. We're going to look at the antimatter. So now the TARDIS is flitting randomly throughout time and space. Yes, until the Black Guardian gets tired of chasing it, and then it will return to us here in London, eventually. Still, it doesn't matter. I was just going to let him know that I was heading down to where was it again? Bassett on Hamble. 
Yeah. Somewhere just outside a village called Bassett on Hamble. This is your place. Well, it's my country seat. Bassett Hall, you see. The current owner is my aunt, though she's come over a trifle odd of late. <laughs> I have more aunts than I know what to do with. Just when I think I have the set, another one pops out of the woodwork when least expected. They're like mice. The errant doctor. Yes. I was wondering how long it would take until you turned up. Give me a moment and I should be able to set it to overload. Oh, I won't pretend to have a clue what you're doing. Auntie, please, you must stop this. The poor fellow will die. That is rather the point. You abysmal goof. That's it. Are you sure? Nothing seems to be... Okay then, Paul, it, I believe it is your turn to go first, isn't it? It is. What did you think? Um, wasn't massively sure on the first listen. Mm. I've listened to it again and really actually enjoyed it the second time. Well, we're, um, of, we're of the same opinion then. Yeah. And in exactly the same way, because I wasn't sure the first time. Yeah. And then the second time I got it. I, and, I, and I think one of the things I got in the second time was actually the reason for Mabel, yes. which I hadn't quite got. And I sort of thought, well, why is he taking Mabel when he says, I need someone to ask the questions? Mm. And realise, of course, that's the writer saying, I need someone to ask the doctor the question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the doctor wanting someone to ask. That's, that's the writer wanting someone to ask the questions. <laughs> which once I realised that, and thought, actually, that, that's, yes, that's a very clever line, and now it all makes sense. It all makes sense, indeed. Uh I think it's also the I think it's the shortest big finish story we've covered so far, isn't it? Um yeah, I think the fourth Doctor One's arcs. I think Energy of the Daleks, which we did, which was oh, the yes, other that was only a two part as well, wasn't it? They're, 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 they were reasonably short. I mean whether that is to accommodate Tom Baker and also Mary Tam was already not well by this stage, wasn't it? Yes, she? indeed. Yeah, this was the first of the stories they recall, or first of the seven releases, I should say. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, she, um, Mary Tam died before um, they, they were released. Yeah. So she died in July 2012. This was released in January 2013. So it's, um, it's a shame. And at the end of it, um, there's a nice little bit about her, isn't there? Yes. Um, from Tom Baker, which was um, it was rather sort of rather sweet to, to listen to, really. But um, yeah, anyway, um, yeah, back to, back to this. Yeah, back to this. Yeah, um, I think I think one of the best things about this actually is yeah. how the Aunt Florence and Reginald character arcs over the top, but yeah, wonderfully, I'm, the robots are just so underplayed that it sort of balances out. Well, I think it gives you an interest in both. I think. Exactly. I think to put into context for for people out there, um, without giving too much away. So I, I, we do. We always say spoilers because uh, we do discuss the plot and everything in these. Um, yeah. But this is set in nineteen twenties, um, predominantly in nineteen twenties London and Hampshire, isn't it? Yeah. And it is basically a riff on um, Jeeves and Worcester to a certain degree, isn't it? It's it's very yes, PG, PG Woodhouse, isn't it? Yeah. There's the yeah, the fall of a upper class twitch sort of thing. Yeah, and and, and, and a maiden and his aunt. valet. Yeah, yes. a valet and a, and a maiden aunt. Um, yes. Obviously, this has given a bit of a sci-fi twist. Um, 
but I, I, do you know, I, I just really enjoyed it. I think, I think it's, it's, it's done as a comedy, isn't it? There's no two ways about it. Yeah, this is a comedy, um, and I think if you have that in mind when you listen to it, you'll enjoy it. If you're going expecting a serious Tom Baker performance, you're not going to get it, are you? This, this is Tom Baker um, during well, season sixteen during the, the Graham Williams era. Yeah, really. This, this is it, and it's. I think we've only listened to one other, which was, which was Energy of the Daleks, and he does seem to have got into the role a bit more now. Yeah, I, I think probably because it, this has given him a chance to to play a little bit. Yeah, and yeah, you, 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 there's a relaxed feel to what he's doing in this, isn't there? Yeah, um, the, it, it still doesn't. Perhaps... It still doesn't quite sound like. Obviously, it's never going to. It's never going to sound like Tom no. Baker of the 1970s. He's, he's a lot. Oh, he's in his 80s now, and he's yeah. very much older. Um, he can't quite say the lines as he used to in, in the 70s, um, but he sounds more into the role now yeah. than he was last time. Actually, well, actually, the other thing we did cover that he was in was The Light at the End, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, which he was brilliant in that, with playing off against Paul McGann. Yeah. He was absolutely fantastic in that. Uh, but yeah. yeah no, no, there's bits when when the the main villain uh, reveals what uh, species she is, and he says it, and he goes, you've heard of us? No. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Valjacks? You've heard of us? No. <laughs> I just love that. There's another line he said as well when that um, when the gamekeeper um, just sort of decides that um, he, he's got other. He was about to sort of shoot Mabel yeah. and, and the doctor, and he just goes off. He's um, called off, isn't off he? To do something else. He just he might yeah. have killed us before losing interest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, 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 yeah, outraged or something, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the, the fact that he didn't have even have the decency to shoot us before leaving is an interest. So you see, listeners, this is the kind of story it is. So, um, but this is so- and like I say, I think this is oh, probably yeah, why I didn't quite enjoy it as much the first time because I was still sort of thinking, is this trying to be, or is it, you know, just a bit caught out? And then obviously. When you when you start when you listen to it again and you know the other bits, you think, "Oh, actually, I understand the joke that's going on there." And yeah, whatever. Yeah. So you realise actually, no, now I'm now totally in the, the frame of mind to to listen to this. Exactly. Now we we've, we've spoken about Tom Baker. Um, I think it's important we we talk about Mary Tam. And to my mind, it sounds like she was still in 1978. Yeah. I mean, this is meant to be set during the, um, or just after the Key to Time. Um, series because it's meant to be set after the Armageddon factor. Yeah, and, and all premise that they're hiding, they're still hiding from the Black Guardian. So, and, but she sounds, she acts like Romana of nineteen seventy eight, and I, I think it's, it's a fantastic performance. Yeah, slipped totally straight back into. Oh that, god, yeah. Know. Oh god, yeah. Um, and it, I, I think it's what we were saying last week about, and we watched uh, what was it, school reunion, and saying how sad, it, knowing that Liz Slade is no longer with us. Yeah. I think listening to this again, it's just sad knowing that Mary Tam's no longer with us. You know, uh, no, and, and there'll she be no more she, 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 she was, yeah. Called yeah. it this that actually just how you you don't you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to tell. No. There's, you know, totally convincing performance on that. And yeah. we we said before about how whether a good audio starts to give you pictures and whatever. And I could so picture her standing by the duck pond. Yes, this. yes, I could as well, actually. I could. So, 
just okay. at the point where obviously she's uh, rescued. Yes. Yeah, he's a say he's very much a a, a season sixteen style story. She she's still very very intelligent. She solves things for herself. She gets into a lot of peril. Um, but the way this is done, though, the Doctor doesn't actually come to her rescue, does he? No. The, the fact is that that it, it's very clever in the fact that actually you sort of it doesn't give them a double act together. No, because she's paired up with Reggie, and the Doctor's paired up with Mabel. Yeah. Um, but they're both there in the same location at the same time. And both believing they're doing it all on their own. Yeah. Which is, I, thought again, that, I thought that was a really good novel twist to, to this kind of story, actually. And actually an interesting way to do it, because obviously the, the whole point about bringing back a doctor and a, a companion is mm. to, you, you think, feel to have them try and play off each other as they did in the the series so actually quite a an interesting way to go is to actually write a story where they actually just talk to each other at the beginning and the end yeah and have independent adventures just set around the same story i think that was a, a really really good thing to do and actually yeah. quite a, and quite a different thing to do considering this is the first of the releases of this series yeah and you haven't got the doctor and romana one um together for, for, no. for the majority of the story and I think it's quite a brave thing to do because there was no sort of like getting them together, um, getting them to play off each other throughout the entire story and sort of get back into the groove and then maybe a couple of stories later split them up. Um, yeah, but they, I, they've been kicked off with this one. I think it worked really well. It's, it, it does. You, you think it's brave in the fact that it, it avoids the obvious. Yes, it does. It, oh, actually, well, it, it doesn't, it doesn't because, um, because of, we, we, as I said, this is very, very like PG Woodhouse. Um, the Reggie character is portrayed as an upper-class twit who can't say his R's properly, and it's all very, very, very like that, isn't he? Sort yes. Of, sort of like, so you slightly sort of bit of an overbite and sort of like terribly, terribly posh and imagine like a bit of a chinless wonder, really. And um, his aunt Florence is sort of like your a handbag. It's that sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. It, it plays up to the stereotypes, but it works really well within the context of the story. Yeah, and I did absolutely love the two robots. I did. I did as well. It was the same actor, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, Alan Cox, I think it was. Um, yeah, because... But, but just, just, yeah, just how polite they were, and it was... You know. Well, especially especially the um, uh, the, the butler, yeah. the Grenville character. I can't remember the name of the gardener he played now. Um... Something like Digger or something like um, Diggory, wasn't it? Diggory, that was it. it Diggory, yeah, yeah, um, Diggory, yeah, because he, he doesn't quite do the um, the, the Grenville character. He's very, very uh, aloof. But it's not sort of like that. Certainly, sir. It's not, it's not like that at all. It's, it's just just ultra ultra polite, isn't it? Yes, indeed. He was threatening to kill people. Yeah, I'm I'm afraid I have to now kill you. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but the gardener's uh, is a little bit more. He's polite, but a little bit more gruff with it. He's like he's a bit like yeah. um, I don't know the character's name out of Lady Chatley's Lover. It's he's obviously yeah the Sean Bean version. Yes, of that, isn't it? it is. Yes, he's sort of like a bit of a, a, a gruff Yorkshireman. But yeah, uh, but it, it works so well. It really did. Even when they've been shut down or, or destroyed, even then they've been polite, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was. It was great. It was absolutely great. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um. Now, the other uh, act, um, actor in this, Julian McKenzie, who I didn't know it was Julian McKenzie until I listened to the extras at the end. No. 
I mean, I really try when I get these to actually, because usually I'm buying these on download, so I don't get to see the CD case when it comes. Yeah. And I do try not to look at who the cast are, so I don't get a preconceived idea of what the character should look like. So it is quite interesting then to look at the cast after I've... It's not when when we did um, The Spectre of Lanyon Moore. I didn't know that was James Bolan. Yeah. Now, had I had known that was James Bolan, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much because knowing what a miserable git he is. <laughs> so, <laughs> but so I went. So I, you have no views on Julia McKenzie. No, well, do you know what? I, I actually <laughs> mind Julia McKenzie. I thought she was quite good as Marple. Yeah. To be honest, I think, I think everyone says like Joan Hickson and, and obviously Margaret Rutherford are sort of like the, the definitive versions. But I, I didn't mind Julia McKenzie as Marple actually. Um, I don't, um, I don't think you were going off subject. I don't think you could ever say Margaret Rutherford was a definitive Marple. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Mar- I, I always Margaret Rutherford so- was a definitive Margaret Rutherford. <laughs> no, I always associate Miss Marple oh, with, yeah, with totally. Margaret Rutherford. I mean, yeah, you're not yeah. going to get anybody who's, no, to, who, who well, loves those films less than I do. I'm I know. Afraid, well, but. the thing is, that's why I say, to me, she's definitive, because she was yeah. the first one I saw in yeah. that role. So, yeah. to me, she's always Miss Marple. Yeah, but, I know. Yeah. yeah. But... Uh, um, yeah, so anyway, going back to Julian McKenzie, I think um, I think most people probably know her from, uh, maybe from Marple now, but she was in a comedy in the 80s, wasn't it? Was it Freshfields? Freshfields, yes. Yeah, with, uh, was it Anton Rogers? Was he ever in Doctor Who, Anton Rogers, at any time? Or was he more of an ITC man? Ugh. I think he was in the I... cut of Randall Hopkirk's, I seem to remember, Anton Rogers, yeah. but... Oh, well, never mind, never mind. And he was in Zodiac as well. Oh, yes, right, he was, wasn't he? He was, but um, well, doesn't Ju- Julia McKenzie? Doesn't she also play Reggie's first potential suitor at the beginning as well? Well, because I, I, I suspect because that's Florence is is the yeah, but she does, she she does change her voice though, and it's very very subtly done. Yeah, isn't it? But I, I yeah, I, I, is I, it that bit more gravitas? It, isn't it, it does, yeah. Uh, but I, th- I thought she was excellent. She didn't go over the top with in the villain role either. No, because because it's a comedy, um, you you'd almost expect her to do that, but she doesn't. She does kind of underplay, it. even though she's sort of um, when she's sort of becoming a bit more alien. She still acts like someone from the nineteen twenties. Yeah, which I think is quite um, and there's, quite there's, a good way. To there do is it. an odd relationship between her and Reggie as well, isn't there? Yes. Yeah. Seems to be a has grown a bit more than just someone using him as a pawn. Yes, yeah, there is almost almost like an, an affection there, isn't there? But yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Another another good character. I thought Mabel Dobbs, the which is actually the the, the Doctor and Romana's maid. Yeah, because that starts off a bit odd, doesn't it? You suddenly get to the where it suddenly switches to the the butler and the maid. Yeah, talking about the. Lord and Lady, <laughs> yeah. which of course you don't realise that you, you think you're actually going to be, they're going to be talking about Bassett Hall or somewhere like that. Yeah, that's it. But as it turns out, it's, it's the Doctor and, and Romana who are sort of on the run or in hiding, I should say. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, I thought that, that was a, a good opening, actually. I like that. I really did like that. And also like the fact that the Doctor sort of jumps into a little roadster and drives down to Hampshire to pick up on the A. I, I just imagine sort of like in, in Bessie or something like that. Yeah, I mean that—that that was my thoughts then. That it was, it yeah. was a some similar to that. Yeah, that's what I thought. But um, but there's also there's another little uh, another going back to some of the lines as well. Um, it's sort of like it's when the uh, 
June McKenzie's character says, leave the man, it's the girl I want. Which is a twist on the Rani's line, wasn't it, from Time and the Rani? Yeah. Which I thought that, that was a nice little um, one for, for, the, for, for the hardcore fans out there. But, uh, but there was something about this story. Um, I think it was probably the music. So they didn't try to capture Duddy Simpson's uh, score, did they? That, that sort of feel. No. It was very, it's very, very sort of not quite new who in, in its in its um, in its score, but um, but it did sort of put me in mind the way it was done, and it sort of done as a little bit of a comedy. It was almost sort of like in almost like the Unicorn and the Wasp in sort cause it's set in the same sort of period, and it's got those, and it's got those sort of stereotypes in it, if you know what I mean. I have to say, if I'm honest on this, the music sort of washed over me. I'm that, sitting here now trying to recollect any well, part. I know, but I think, but I think that's the problem. That's, that's yeah. probably one, one of the only problems with this thing is the score because it, it, it didn't evoke 1978 again. Tom Baker no. and Mary Tam did, um, but the actual score itself didn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. So, I'm not so, I wasn't so bothered about that. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't feel I missed that. To be honest. <laughs> Um, well, it always it always comes to the fore to, to me of the scores because it's an audio and it, it's yeah. used a lot for linking scenes as well. So um, I'm always sort of sort of listen to that. You know, a bit well, I think keenly. actually the last last audio we reviewed, uh, Finn Ice, actually did have a problem with the music. Yeah, in that. So um, to me, it's almost uh, <laughs> perhaps if I don't necessarily notice the music, I'm quite happy with it. I don't know. Well, if you think about Thin Ice, Sylvester McCoy, they were going for the Kef McCulloch um, yeah. score, which which is like drawing your nails down a blackboard to me, to be honest. Yeah. So, um, yes, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so I was in complete agreement. It, it did get very great in after a very short period, but um, but yeah, it's, I, with, it's like the analogy with referees. If you haven't noticed the referee when you're watching a game, he's probably had a good game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a very good analogy, actually. So. But um, yeah, I mean, there's not really much more I want to say about this without spoil. I don't want to completely spoil it for people because this no, because this, this a... really. I mean, we we can sit here and sort of quote lines and whatever as we have done to a certain extent. To but certain it really extent, is. Yeah. It is something that you really need to listen to yourself. You do. I mean, it, as you said, it's a short story. It only lasts an hour. Um, if you've got an hour to kill, um, I would say listen to this because it's you you. It's a fun way to spend an hour listening to a Doctor Who story. Yeah, it really is. I, I couldn't really sort of fault that anymore. So yeah. this is not one of the hours you're going to be claiming back. <laughs> no, it's not. Like watching, not watching spin-off episode, stuff. No, it's not, yeah, exactly. Not watching an episode of Miracle Day. No. <laughs> oh dear. So yeah. So we should we leave that there then? I think we will actually. Yeah. Let's uh, let's leave that on a on a high. That's um, bloody hell. We don't we don't moan as much as we used to, do we? I, yeah, there's something's happened here, are hasn't we, it? Are we really? just mellowing in our old age now or something? <laughs> That's <a> really annual. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right, so um next week then uh mm. we're back to target novelizations. Yes we are. We are indeed. Um now we we we're sort of a bit of a quandary over what to do now. Well you, you selected one, did then we sort of like, yeah. oh hang on, do we really want to do this? Because we've selected yet another Tom Baker story today. Sorry, yes, we yeah. have. Yeah. Um, but it's one we thought would be quite fun to um, to read and also to re-watch as well. Because we've also done a commentary for this particular story. Yes, we have. Yes. Uh, yes, we're going to do Destiny of the Daleks. And, and this is this is probably where, yes, it's our loving with Doctor Who may well end. 
Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps this, this will be the shade onto the light. Maybe it will be. Maybe it will be. Hmm. Yeah, that would be yeah, that's be interesting. So um so yes, that's what's gonna come up next week. So um <laughs> so as usual it'll be one of our uh, book review stroke DVD comparison um little little episodes as as yeah. usual. As usual. So um that's it then. That is it. That is yes. it, that is it. That's a fairly short episode this week, isn't it? Yes, this is this is a half price episode. This is quite short. <laughs> okay everybody. So until next week then, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye for me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Who's he?